And we are back to talk about something very interesting that has happened in the fandom in the last couple of hours. I think actually this this came out a week ago. So Mm. just when we thought we were done talking about the original Game of Thrones prequel, the Blood Moon prequel, um, new information just surfaced about uh, potential plot details and even some behind-the-scenes photos regarding Naomi Watts in the pilot episode where she is... She kind of looks like an older Cersei-esque figure, and it looks, at first glance at these pictures, it looks like she's in kind of a uh, Dragonstone-type area, where, mm. like, you see the mural in the background, something we saw right. with, with well, she's supposed to be in, she's supposed to be in Castle Rock, so they gave it mm-hmm. kind of, a, like, a cave-like look. So, yes, it comes, it comes out looking a lot like the set of, of Dragonstone. And I, I wouldn't blame the set for Castle Rock looking different than it does how we saw it in Game of Thrones season seven, because over the over the you know, hundreds, thousands of years, like of course it's going to go through some renovations. So it, that makes sense if it looks a little different than how it did in Game of Thrones. But uh, this is kind of interesting, and this was also accompanied by um, actually no, I'm wrong, not accompanied. Four months ago, some Reddit user by the name of Vegetable Respect fourteen. Mm. Uh, put out some interesting plot details of what we could have expected from uh, the, the the Blood Moon prequel. And uh, a lot yeah. of this is actually pretty interesting. And I asked, of course, our resident, you know, guy in the know, Mr. Dragon Demands, who has access to a lot of the, the leakers and people who do spy photos. And according to him, a lot of this does match up with what we were supposed to get in the Blood Moon prequel. So uh, do you mind if I go into the plot details sure. involving the pilot? Sure. So, according to this Reddit post and Dragon Demands also coming in and saying, yeah, that kind of lines up, the pilot revolved around a political marriage between the last casterly male and a Stark princess. Hmm. Lord Stark also brings Lan the Clever, a prisoner of the Starks, as a gift to Lady Casterly. Now, for those of you who are not familiar with the lore of, with the lore of House Lannister, Lan the Clever is the first Lannister ever. And he, according to legends, swindled the Casterlies out of Casterly Rock and became the Lord of the Westerlands. Um, or the, the Lord of Casterly Rock and then later the Westerlands, cementing the Lannister dynasty. However, uh, you have conflicting reports that that's not really how it went down. What Land the Clever did was kind of what Sauron did with the Numenorians, where he was originally a prisoner, then like an advisor. And then you have other legends that state that he snuck into the castle, impregnated all the maids, and then his sons, his numerous sons, helped him take over by force. So, I guess, pick your poison. Um, there's also supposed to be a love triangle between Lan, the Casterly son, and his lover, Uh, Apparently, a comet strikes during the wedding or during the bedding. It's unclear. And all the houses that arrive for the wedding come with green men priests. Now, the green men priests, tell us a bit about that of of them in the lore. Well, the green men, we're we're not sure um, about too much. We just kind of know what Bran kind of tells us. And that is that the green men are supposedly these antler uh, people that um antler they have antlers on their head and they they live on the um the isle of faces and so there's this idea that perhaps uh, howland reed went to talk to them during the during um before the harrenhal tourney and um you know was there something about them i don't even know if there's even anything about them with the long night but um i have to look it up really quick but uh 
but they're kind of just like the big mystery of the of the of because nothing is like just absolutely nothing is written about the isle of faces or the green men so i guess it says that they they were part of the conclusion of the after many years of war between the first men and the children of the forest, their respective wise men came to the conclusion that the bloodshed had gone on too long and they came together to make peace on the God's eye. And so they, I, I imagine that the green men were somehow part of this peace. Mm. But other than that, we don't really know not very much about them other than the fact that, you know, they rode elks and had antlers themselves and on the Isle of Faces, all of the the, the werewood faces like face inward into a circle. It's really just really loose, like the amount of information we have on the green green men. Almost nothing. It's just like even gotcha. me explaining it, I'm just like, ah, what else is there? Nothing. Um, I mean, it's kind of interesting that there's antler men later, like in, in A Clash of Kings. Um, but uh, that's... Stannis' supporters right. waiting for him to yeah. lay siege. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The episode ends with the Andals arriving. Once again, for those of you who don't know what the lore, uh, before the Andals arrived, the entire continent of Westworld was like filled with first men, and then there's a gigantic war, and now most of the continent of Westeros, when we get to Game of Thrones, everyone below the neck is an Andal, and for the most part, and everyone above the neck, Sarks, Northern Houses, Wadlings, are first men, descendants. So... Uh, by the way, I, real quick, random. The Ironborn, are they descendants from the First Men or the Andals, or both? Or are they just Andals? Uh, neither, really. So mm, like They're their own thing. Yeah, they kind of pre- predate um, all of that. And so it doesn't really, huh. the, like, the Ironborn history doesn't really make sense. But yeah. They, I'm not really a big fan of the Ironborn, so I don't know much about their history other than, like, the Grey King and, and the, the... Right, the, but the, you're talking, the, like, the hist- history and stuff, like, even before, even before the Andal invasion... And, and and no real connection to the first men. It's just uh, kind of this own thing that doesn't really make any sense. But Gotcha. Um, the last thing he says here, the Reddit user, is that, yes, the children of the forest were supposed to be black humans who were native to Westeros. Now, uh, the reason I'm inclined to believe this is because this is something Dragon Demands has been saying for many years mm-hmm. now. Yeah. That HBO was going to have the children of the forest not being the green little creatures that we see in season six of game of thrones but instead they were originally black people and through some type of curse or magic are transformed to those green people i believe this because if you recall around this time that they would be pitching blood moon hbo had this really weird hard on for racial tension-esque shows um watchmen mm-hmm uh, Dave and Dan, before they were going to go to Star Wars, they were going to do Confederate, an alternate U.S. Yeah. history show where the Confederacy won the Civil War. Um, and then we had Lovecraft Country. And then and now we have Blood Moon, which was also supposed to feature this you know, yeah. racial tension because, of course, the first men are white people. That's how we see them in Game of Thrones. And uh, clearly they go to war in the lore with the children of the forest. And if the children were supposed to be black people, then, well, there mm. it is. Uh, a lot of racial tension-esque shows from HBO. I think Watchmen did it very well. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't know. This is like some weird thing that HBO had going on. Um, so so uh, with, with regard to... With regards to all of this and and how it's derived, like yes, you have you have these leaks and, and and such, but one of the things is that you can you can figure out most of this stuff 
anyway. So we're not really sure if these are real, real leaks or just very logical um, deduction of what's of what's going on. So in interviews, George R. R. Martin revealed that the pilot was about a was about a wedding between the Casterlies and the Starks. And he revealed that like Lan was a character and, mm-hmm. you know, he, he revealed that the children of the forest were part of it and that there was really no source material and they're kind of doing their own thing and, and everything that it takes place a, like long before. Um, and then through spy reports and casting and stuff like that, you can kind of figure, they could kind of figure out that black people were the children of the forest characters. And so from that, and then in interviews, the show, the show runners and, and producers said that like the show was about colonialism and oppression and things like that. And those were themes. And so like whether these leaks like were actually from people working on the show or just like logical deduction of what, of what was given to us um, is kind of unknown, but um yeah, it, it it sounds like when you're having all of the black people play Children of the Forest, how are they getting from ch- the Children of the Forest and in the show to the the creatures that we see in Game of Thrones? Like, what has to happen for that to happen or whatever? Um, you know, uh, it, it was clearly that kind of situation. Also, just kind of knowing the background of like the first man and the children of the forest and, and that entire story about kind of invasion and colonialism um, and, and, and stuff like that. So, um, you know, all this information has kind of been known for a while loosely, but right now it's been kind of consolidated nicely and a lot of pictures and everything kind of confirm everything uh, on, on who, which, which people were playing, what characters and, and such like, for instance, seeing Naomi Watts in costume, it kind of, you know, becomes apparent that she, that she is, you know, playing a Casterly, probably the, the mother of the Casterly that's coming up to marry the Stark, you know, looking at cast reports, casting reports, you can kind of just look at people and be like, oh, that guy's clearly supposed to be Land the Clever. Those people are supposed to be the children of the forest, that kind of thing. Um, and so, yeah, you know, the, you know what and also the design of the set and everything kind of looks more greek um in origin and she's wearing bronze and so it kind of seems more bronze age versus iron age you know and like it's very clearly like they're trying to make the setting more like uh greek rather than you know medieval um and and things like that so um, it's, it, it's all, it's all, you know, it's interesting stuff. Um, but yeah, it, it, it was probably for the best that they, uh, they, they cancel it. I think it was probably a little bit on the nose that the, 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 the white people are coming in and, and doing colonial, uh, colonizing on the black people and that the black people are going to be portrayed as savages, you know, who are, who are, you know, cursed to become children of the forest and things like that and have magic and such, you know, while the white people don't have magic, it's, it just be, it was all just a little weird. And so I, I think probably that's the reason why the show didn't go forward is that you're just kind of touching on a lot of weird issues and somebody is probably going to get offended. (laughs) I'm a little surprised George signed off on this. Like, did he not like want to come in and say, let's not do that. Cause it seems a little risque. And 
I yeah, mean, George, he might have been like, been... you know, you know, he might have been like, let's see how it goes. Let's like, I trust these people to do something interesting. You know, like I, you, keep in mind the first time we heard about black, like if we go way back, the first time we heard about like the Valarians being black, we were kind of initially shocked. Like, how does that work? This is going to be really weird. And then eventually you kind of realize what they're doing and, and, and it worked pretty well. And, and it was no problem in the end. Like they actually like pulled it off, you know, like they pulled it off. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, so, but it was a risk. It was a risk, but they pulled it off and it, and it all, it all worked out. So um, maybe they could, maybe they could have worked it out. Maybe it could have, maybe they could have pulled it off, but I don't know. It just didn't, uh, it didn't uh, after after watch people watch the the pilot. It just didn't seem like it was it was worth the risk. A thirty million dollar pilot, though. God mm-hmm. damn! I mean, look, I would still like to see it. Oh yeah, definitely I, I would. Like to see it. That that would look. If you want me to, what they really should have done was, I mean, in the future, if they do decide to do this, HBO could make so much money releasing the original Game of Thrones pilot oh, you know yeah. what i'm talking about the one where oh. daenerys was like a different actress oh, absolutely and this one. Oh my god like both of these like i would buy that in a fucking heartbeat like oh, why just really release one month one next month and it would be like you'd have all these subscriptions yeah absolutely honestly why the fuck not like yeah. by the way real quick before we get off this topic um a comet strikes during the wedding or during the bedding unclear so the vulcran is the comet of vulcran by the way well, do they mean comet strikes? Do you mean like a meteorite strikes, or does a comet no, like, in the I'm, sky? I'm, I'm com- assuming there's a comet in the sky. Okay, okay. Um, well, so you want to know about the the comet as a Vulcan theory? Um, well, real real quick, George R. R. Martin had a had a story called Night Flyers. Um, back he wrote it in about 1970, published in 1980, and Night Night Flyers is about um some some people doing. Uh, a deep space scientific research mission trying to find this uh, interstellar alien called the Vulcran. And this interstellar mm. alien has been, f- has been passing through the galaxy. And there's apparently many of them, but passing through the galaxy um, away from star systems through deep space uh, at sublight speeds um, for thousands and thousands of years. And it passed by Earth around the time of Jesus and things like this. And all these different civilizations around the galaxy have stories of the Vulcan and like what it is. People think it's a ship. People think there's an alien civilization on the ship and things like that. Um, At the end of the at the end of the story, Night Flyers is barely even about the Vulcan because it's mostly a, a a horror story where where the people are getting picked off one by one by by somebody's um, telepathic embodiment of their transgender clone, cross-gender clone that's been uploaded into a computer. But besides that plot, uh, the Vulcran turns out that it's it's yeah, it's not a ship, it's not a civilization, it's a it's a very basic primal organism like a jellyfish that propels itself through space using telekinesis and the idea is that its telekinetic powers were causing people's 
telepathic abilities to kind of go to be enhanced when it passed their worlds. And so mm. the implication in the story was that Jesus was had telepathic powers, telekinetic powers or something, and that they were enhanced by the Vulcran. So that like he could walk on water and do stuff like that because huh. he, he had that's the that's the implication um, with the story that his magic that Jesus's powers were were telepathic and telekinetic in nature, enhanced by by the fact that this this big telepathic telekinetic jellyfish flew by Earth, and so the the comet is a Vulcran theory, which is mostly a kind of joke theory, um, is that. The reason that Daenerys is able to say hatch dragons and uh, do pyrokinesis and prevent herself from being burned is that as the as a Vulcran is passing Planetos, it enhances those powers and then it moves on. So, um, yeah. well, according to, according to our boy Dragon Demands, um, based off his information here, uh, apparently the immediate cause of the long night is a meteor shower. Apparently summoned mm. by magic. Um, same with the floating of the neck, technically a tidal wave, but also summoned through magic. And with the meteorite, the meteor shower, so much dust that gets kicked up that it darkens the sky. A mini ice age, like when the dinosaurs were wiped out. And the sky is so hazy that the moon looks like it turned blood red. Hence the title of the prequel, Blood Moon. Um, and so they, they went with the, they went with the nuclear. They essentially went with the nuclear holocaust, the like nuclear holocaust theory, right? That one of your theories. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> they they essentially went with that that the long night the, the 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 explanation for it is that it's a nuclear winter. But they went with like meteor like meteorites doing it instead. But it's still a it's still a uh dust in the atmosphere um winter not magical shifting of of seasons or planetary movements or things like that, that it's caused by, but it's actually caused by the, the, the blocking out of the sun uh, from, from dust. But yeah, no, that's pretty much, pretty much the, uh, the post-apocalyptic, uh, you know, theory. If George signs off on it, technically it's canon, right? I know. I mean, no, I know, but so... I think, I think it's, you know, <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty, I mean, I'm a pre- I'm pretty confident about the long night being a nuclear winter, um, of of some sort. I mean, maybe you could say it's like a volcano or something, but like, but that it's not that the long night is different from the the uh, varying seasons um, aspect of of the sh- of um, of Westeros. That it's a separate thing. 